102.5 FM, KXSFLP, San Francisco, and KXSF.FM. You're tuned in to Spark, informing minds, inspiring ideas, igniting innovation. Let the conversation sink into your soul. This is Kelly Marlowe, host of Spark. Today I'm talking with Lynn Kirkham of Yes, You Can Speak about how to step into your authentic power. Welcome, Lynn. Uh, Before the show, you had conveyed that there was a life-changing event that enabled you from having the ability, only the ability, to talk one-to-one and not one-to-one to 400. Can you tell us about this event? Yes, absolutely. So I used to only be comfortable in front of one person at a time. I would get a bit nervous with two. I would get very nervous with three, and especially if if those three people were authority figures or I thought that they knew more about a certain subject than I did. And and I was in sales. Funny, Funny enough, I was in sales, and so I built my business one person at a time. Um, because that was the only way I could do it and feel safe. And what happened was after oh, a 20-year career in, the, in sales, in the printing industry, actually, I burned myself out, and I, I ended up traveling around the world and, and giving back. And one of the places that I gave back to was an orphanage in India. And what I realized there in that orphanage is that there were 36 girls who had to march in line and obey everything they were told. They had no voice. They had no possibility for creating a life that was different than what they were told. And that broke my heart. And it was in that orphanage that I became a stand for voice. What's really interesting is that I never found mine, but these girls gave me the energy and the confidence to uh, to speak up for them when i got back to the to the states i was asked to speak in front of 400 people on a stage and my immediate uh, answer was no that here's what changed my life what changed my life was that there the person um his name was bill Engelhart. He was the minister of this church, and he said, you are meant to speak, Lynn. You are meant to be on my stage. Everyone needs to hear this story because it'll, it will change their lives, and I'll be by your side every step of the way. And in that moment, my life changed because someone who was already an exceptional speaker and leader saw the same in me, and then I was able to then believe in myself. And once I took to that stage, my entire life changed and I was asked to speak all over. And then other people would ask, you know, how do you do what you do and and would you teach me? And and so that's that's how I I began this next part of my career. So when you say something shifted, did something shift internally for you? Absolutely. What shifted was this feeling like, wow, maybe I am worthy. Maybe I do have something to share. Maybe my words really do matter because I never really thought that they did. But when this person saw me and he looked me in the eyes and he had so much certainty about who I was as a person, that enabled me to begin believing in myself. What does empowerment look like then? To me, empowerment is, is always about building on strengths rather than looking for weaknesses. It's about looking for what people are doing well. We are experts as humans. We're experts at, at breaking ourselves down, at doubting ourselves. We're experts at making, making us feel really small and insignificant and not good enough. And what I've found is the fastest way to bring someone up to their full potential is actually to focus on their strengths, to focus on on who they are as people and the goodness that they are. Because we're always being told, work on your weaknesses, work on your weaknesses, close that gap. 
We are, and and so that's what we've been doing. But here's the truth. The truth is, is that our attention, our energy goes, like our energy, our life force goes where our attention is. So if if you're always worried about doing something wrong, not doing it right, then that is where your attention is going. It's going into the worry. It's going into the not good enough, the not right enough, the not perfect enough, rather than, wow, this is who I am and this is what's possible and this is what I'm choosing to have happen in this moment. So the big shift in how we how we see ourselves and then out of that we create loads of possibilities. So what do you find that holds people back? What I find is is that that they don't feel they don't believe in themselves. That's that's the biggest thing. How we see ourselves is is what holds us back. You know, when when we think that we can't jump that fence or we can't we don't we we don't know enough to apply for that position. You know, especially women. They say that there's studies that that show that if a man is 50 or 60% qualified for a position, he'll raise his hand and say, hey, I'm your guy. And women tend to, to need to know 100% that they can do that job or they won't raise their hand. And so women are even, you know, worse um, critics of themselves. And, and we tend to hold ourselves back even more than men do. But men do the same thing. What about, we all have a list of to-dos and don'ts, right? Do this right. Don't do this. Do you find that to be the case in the people that you work with or talk to? Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, what's interesting is in the realm of public speaking, for example, you know, people will come to me and they say, they'll say, oh, I don't, you know, I, I just need a couple of tips and I'll be good because I'm reading this book or that book and it's telling me exactly what to do and what not to do when I'm in front of a group. And what I say to them is absolutely go ahead and read those books and just notice that often you won't be able to actually incorporate what it is that you're learning from those books because when 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 your nervous system gets triggered when you're in front of a group even though you know cognitively what to do you're not going to be able to do it because your nervous system will will take over and you'll just try to survive the moment just get through it so what are the yeah. most common triggers that that you mm. hear about yeah, so so I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of people um, privately to help them feel comfortable in the spotlight. And often what happens is is it's it's the triggers are traumas from the past. They're things that happen with their mom or their dad or their caretaker or a teacher or um, you know something that happened at school. They might have been bullied at school, but Essentially, it's when what we look for when I work with people privately is we look for what is it that happened that made you feel insignificant, that made you feel not good enough, that made you feel um, that you were wrong, you know, that, that where you were hurt. Because, you know, nine times out of 10 or 99 times out of 100, it was another human who made you feel that way. And so what that does is it it creates a, an imprint in their nervous system. And, and then those imprints, they're, they're in the nervous system, they're in the cells of your body, and they literally get triggered when the stakes are high. You know, when you're, when you're wanting to ask your boss for a raise or you're wanting to um, give a presentation or you're wanting to just step out of your comfort zone and share a new idea. And you're not sure if, if they're going to accept it. That is when we get triggered. And believe it or not, it could be, it could go all the way back to when you were five years old, and you 
you spilled the milk over some papers of your father's and your father got mad and he yelled at you and he sent you to your room. And when you think about that day of spilling the milk and being sent to your room and your dad being really angry with you and you feeling not good enough, stupid maybe, um, that that could get triggered when you're with an authority figure today because our parents or our caretakers are our first authority figures. It's fascinating how everything is connected. It could also be, you know, I've worked with a lot of people who, who went to many different schools. And when they had to, you know, they moved and they went to many different schools and they, they didn't know if they'd be accepted. Oftentimes they spoke a different language and so people made fun of them because of where they were from or, from or what language they spoke and they didn't feel like they fit in. And, and if they don't feel like they fit in, they don't belong and then certainly it's not really safe to speak. And so that could also be a trauma that gets re-triggered when they're in a new situation. So you think back, or one thinks back, of a situation where the judgment was so harsh that it affects, it it reverberates up to this moment. Absolutely. And, and it's not that it reverberates consciously. It's not like when you, when you step into the spotlight and you're about ready to present an idea that you remember that time you were in grammar school and the kids didn't accept you or that time that you were, you know, abused by someone. It's not about that. But what happens is, is your nervous system tries to hang on to it. And this is your subconscious mind. So your nervous system and your subconscious tries to hang on to it so that it won't happen again. And it, it just wants to protect you. And so that's why when you're about to speak, you might get really, really nervous. You might, you know, not want to do it. You might actually say no to opportunities just because you don't find that it's safe enough for you to do it. We're going to take a quick break and thank our underwriters. Be back on Empowerment with Lynn Kirkham. Support for KXSF comes from WeNeedMerch.com, a Bay Area-based screen printing and embroidery company founded by artists and musicians. Whether you're looking for a small run of custom t-shirts for a family reunion or a larger order for your business or band's upcoming event, We Need Merch has you covered and with a quick turnaround time. To find out more, go online to weneedmerch.com. Thanks for supporting KXSF 102.5 FM, San Francisco. Keep Real Radio alive, people. Live, local, real radio. That's why you're here listening to KXSF, right? On 102.5 FM, San Francisco. We give you more of what you want. Music and programming curated by actual human beings who live locally in your neighbourhoods. Plus live music and interviews with local artists and bands. But to stay on the air, KXSF really needs your help. Donate now to KXSF by going online to www.kxsf.fm and clicking on donate. It's 100% tax deductible. Keep real radio alive in San Francisco and donate now, everyone. Thank you so much. This is KXSF 102.5 FM, streaming worldwide at www.kxsf.fm. And you're tuned in to Spark with Kelly Marlowe. Informing minds, inspiring ideas, igniting innovation. Let the conversation sink into your soul. I was talking with Lynn Kickham before the break about what holds people back. You have mentioned that the environment is important in the empowerment process. Can you talk about this? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, it brings to mind, you know, a, a public speaking program that I went to once. And um, it, it felt to me that I got re-traumatized when I was there because when I went into that program, I was actually videotaped. I had to give a talk. I was videotaped, and and then it was played back on the big screen. And then I got a lot of feedback, some of it good, some of it not so good. 
But because of that not so good feedback and because of the, you know, me on the big screen when I certainly wasn't ready to be on the big screen, it, it really imprinted me in a negative way. It made me really fearful about public speaking and, and not wanting to be in the spotlight. And so I've taken a different stance. Um, I believe that the fastest way to bring out someone's best is to have them in a safe environment, a really safe environment where they are seen, where they are heard, and where they are acknowledged. Nobody is left behind. Everyone is included. And we build on strengths. And we only build on strengths. And through this process of just building on strengths and, and having multiple positive experiences, either one-on-one in a small group or in a large group, I'm able to create great speakers in four days, which is pretty insane when you think about, you know, most people have been afraid to speak their entire life. So that's something that they've carried around for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. And in four days, they're able to leave it all behind. And I really believe that it's, it's the reason why is because we are building on, on their human strengths. So what you're saying is to create a community of support rather than a community of those who are going to critique you as to what you're doing right or wrong. But it also sounds like it's important to reprogram in a group setting so you feel that support. Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe community is key. Um, and to have a tribe that really has your back. You know, in the program, um, because so many of us have never felt what it feels like for someone to actually have our back, we literally, classmates will literally put their hands on your back and have you lean into it just so that you know that you are supported. I think it's so key. It's so key. Community is key. And when everyone is growing together, um, and and by the way, 70% of the population has this fear of being in the spotlight or public speaking. Um, and and public speaking is, is, is speaking um, to anyone other than yourself. So if you're not talking to yourself, then you're public speaking. And 70% of us have that fear. So... Being in a community that really has your back and sees you as your purest potential is really, really important. And what that does is it, it really, believe it or not, it creates a new imprint in their nervous system. And it creates new neural pathways in their brain so that they know that they're safe. And then they can show up as themselves rather than feeling like an imposter or having to perform. So you have said that we tend to play small to stay safe and we all have the seed of potential and that yeah. it's our journey to express the seed or to nurture it. Can you explain that? Yes, I really believe that we are put on this earth for a unique purpose and that we are born with the seed of pure potential, and that we are meant to express it, and that's why we're here. So we spend our lifetime, and through all the ups and downs and turns and twists of our life, to identify what that is. What is it that you are meant to express in this world, and and to express it through your art, through your work, uh, through your voice, and... Um, and I believe that when we can identify that and we can, when we are in alignment with that and when we are moving with that and making that difference in the world that we are meant to make, that, oh my gosh, every single day it feels like a gift. And when we get to the end of our life, we can just rest easy with a smile on our face, knowing that we lived our best life, that we lived a life well lived without regret without regrets. And I believe also that once you get over your biggest fear in life, your biggest fear, that you are meant to help others with it. Just like what I did, you know, my biggest fear was public speaking. My biggest fear was public speaking. And once I got over it, I chose to be a stand for others to find their voice because I realized how important it was. And 
what's amazing is that every single day seems like a gift. I love how you say that once you are able to overcome your fear, you are meant to help others with it. It'd be great if everyone felt that way, right? If they realized that they have been given a gift and now it's their role to share with others. Yeah, and once you've gone through something so difficult, you have empathy around it that others don't. You have insight around it that others don't. And other people might try to help someone with that same problem or challenge, but nobody can do it like you because you've gone through it. And you can see what's possible in the other person that they might not ever be able to see. And you can draw it out of them because of what you've gone through. Part of the authentic power is being able to find your own voice. So how does one step into his or her authentic voice? Mm. You know, one of the first things that, that I would suggest is find out, find, do some digging inside to find what matters to you, what really matters to you. It's difficult to, to find your voice if you are in an industry that doesn't matter to you. If you are, you know, if you spend your whole days working with something that, that, or working on something that doesn't light you up, find something that lights you up. Find a cause that lights you up. Just like for me, the orphanage, the girls in the orphanage, boy, that lit me up and I was on fire after that. What is it for you? Is it the environment? Is it helping elderly? Is it um, helping the disenfranchised? What is it for you? Is it animals? What is it? And maybe you can find your voice for them. And once you find your voice for them, then you're going to really be able to connect with that truth within you anytime and any place. You have talked about how people can perfect all the techniques out there in perfecting, let's say, the way you sound, the way you carry yourself, but you may not be making the connection with those around you or even sound powerful or connected in any way with them. Can you explain this? Yeah. So connection is so important. Um, it's interesting. I had a, a student who actually was after 10 years in Toastmasters um, and a district manager, so he was in charge of 36 clubs in Toastmasters, he, he decided to join my program. And the first day of my program, halfway through the day, he just stood up and he said, I just had an epiphany. And everybody turns around and we're just wrapped with attention. And he said, content is irrelevant without connection. Content is irrelevant without connection. And he never understood that. Without connection, without making eye contact, without actually seeing your audience, you can have the best content in the world. You can have the best idea in the world, but it will not land with the impact that it's meant to land with unless you are looking people in the eyes. That makes all the difference. And being able to connect genuinely. And what do I mean by that? I mean not getting up there and, you know, looking people in the eyes and just rehearsing, you know, or spitting out a script. It's about keeping your guard down, taking deep breaths, taking up space while you're in the spotlight, coming from your heart and coming from a place of service. If you come from a place of how can I serve you or this information will serve you and I want to help you, that is a very different place than coming from I have to look good. I hope you like my idea. If you don't like my idea and you reject me, oh, my goodness, I'm going to I'll be so hurt or embarrassed. If you come from that place, you can't you disconnect immediately. But if you can come from a place of connection where your words are meant to penetrate them and your eyes are meant to connect with them, 
then you will make a difference. Then your words will land. Then your message will land. And I don't mean just looking at someone for a second, which is what most people do if they look at them at all. I mean looking at one person for a whole sentence, an entire sentence, and being with that person and only that person, and then moving to another person and being with that person for a whole sentence, assuming that you have a whole room full. So it's more than eye contact, really. It's really, you're trying to sense your audience. You're trying to have them feel where you're at with them. Yeah, and that they feel you, right? It's, it's really difficult to feel someone if they're just coming from their head. It's a very different sensation if they're coming from their heart. And you feel like they actually care about you. How do you come from your heart? Well, it's it's all about, number one, being in service to the audience rather than thinking that the audience is, you know, could be scary monsters who are going to judge you. So that's the first thing. Um, taking up space. Choosing to know that you deserve to be in the spotlight. So many of us are afraid to be seen. We're afraid to really connect because we're afraid that if we do connect that they're going to see flaws within us. And so we... We tend to divert our eyes rather than stay with another set of eyes. But the truth is, is that the opposite happens. If you can stay with somebody in an unguarded place, not wanting anything from them, but just being with them and expressing what it is that you need to express, they will see the goodness in you. They will see the power in you. They will see the potential in you. They will believe you. They will want to follow you. That's what makes a great leader and a great speaker. What if you freeze up? Yeah, so a lot of times the freezing up happens because we get triggered. So it's, it's what I talked about earlier about how the traumas of our past, big T, little t, you know, could just be a painful event. Those that are still... Mm, intense in our memory, those get triggered and then we end up freezing up. And why we freeze up is because they get triggered. Then we get, then we go into something called fight, flight, or freeze, right? And, and in that process of fight, flight, or freeze, your cortisol level rises. And when your cortisol rises to a certain extent, and cortisol is that stress hormone, um, it literally impedes our brain function. And so we can't think. And the only way to come back is to take some deep breaths and to recenter yourself. And that requires some practice in a safe space in order for you to be able to do it well. So basically, when a trigger's kicking into place, you're judging yourself and you're saying, I can't do this because I'm, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not charismatic enough yeah or you see someone in the audience and you think that they're better than you and then all of a sudden you get triggered because they're an authority on this specific subject and you're not it could be like that too but yes all those negative beliefs that have been circulating around your mind for decades they end up coming to the surface right then when you need them to go away and hide. You know, what you need to be thinking is, I don't know what I'm going to say, but it's going to be great. In fact, that's a mantra that I teach all of my students. So before you go out and speak, say this to yourself and say it like you mean it. I don't know what I'm going to say, but it's going to be great. And just trust that that if you're in that kind of energy, that the words are going to come through. If on the other hand, what you're saying to yourself is, oh my God, oh my God, so-and-so's in the audience and I'm going to mess up. I'm going to freeze. I don't even know why I said yes to this. I don't want to be here. I feel like I'm going to get sick. I mean, if those are the thoughts that you're thinking before you get up to speak, you're sabotaging yourself, right? So we've got to switch it. We've got to flip that on its head in order for you to be able to make the impact that you're meant to make. Time for a short break. Back with more on the power of authentic voice. 
Support for KXSF comes from Tame and Chrome Buddha, two San Francisco-based bands made up of people who appreciate independent radio and its mission to support local artists, music, and culture throughout the Bay Area. You can find out more about Tame on their Instagram page, at Tame Sounds. Thanks for supporting 102.5 FM, KXSF, San Francisco. Mark your calendars for Saturday, November 2nd, and come join KXSF for a Day of the Dead Bash, San Francisco style. KXSF is kicking off its fall fundraising drive that night with a killer bill of local psych, alt-indie, garage, and rock bands, as well as food, beverages, and fun. Your $20 or more donation at the door goes straight into keeping KXSF on the air with all the great programming you expect from independent radio. It all takes place at Light Rail Studios, located at 672 Tolan Place in the city's Bayview District, starting around 8. But you don't have to wait for the party to support KXSF's fundraising efforts. Go online now to www.kxsf.fm and click on the donate button. Hope to see you November 2nd. 102.5 FM, KXSFLP, San Francisco, and KXSF.FM. You're tuned into Spark, informing minds, inspiring ideas, igniting innovation. Let the conversation sink into your soul. So when going back to the power of authentic voice, we're talking about the connection, creating connection and power, and that you need to own it with your energy and with your heart. So what you're saying is that we, the person who's out there needs to feel a sense of service to those that he or she is talking to. Mm-hmm. Energetically, though, is there anything else that one should focus on? Well, positivity as well. Positivity, for sure. Um, you know, it's really important to come back to your center. And there are lots of ways to come back to your center, but but you've got to take care of you first. That's the most important thing. What most speakers who are afraid, who, who you know, are afraid they're going to freeze or not say the right thing or ramble, what happens for them is, is they're saying the wrong things to themselves, right? They're they're thinking, they're literally thinking about those things and and just freaking themselves out. So really um, coming back to center, taking some long, slow, deep breaths. You know, if you take three very long inhales and very slow exhales, making sure that the exhale is longer than the inhale, if you just take three of those, that actually sends a message to your parasympathetic nervous system to relax. It sends a message to your brain that you're safe. So if you could even do that, you know, just take three deep breaths before you start. That will help. I mean, if if you're a meditator, I highly recommend meditating and just visualizing yourself doing an A-plus job. Visualize yourself seeing the words flow. Visualize yourself actually getting a standing ovation, whether or not it's, it's something that is, has ever been done before. It could even be an interview. I'd like you to imagine that the person who's interviewing you is giving you a standing ovation and they offer you a job on the spot. You know, our mind does not know the difference between something made up and something actual. So why don't we prime the pump for what you want instead of what you don't want? So even just visualizing and taking those breaths or medita- meditating, saying the mantra, I don't know what I'm going to say, but it's going to be great. Those are some things that, that you can do right away to just make it easier. Is being grounded the same as being comfortable with yourself? Yes and no. Um you know, being grounded is, you know, I like to feel myself being really rooted into the earth. I like to feel my feet. Every time I take a step, I want to feel my feet and legs. If you're walking and you are in your head and you can't really feel your body, then chances are you're not grounded. You might think you're comfortable, but you're not grounded. So, um, 
I would say try reinforcing it by really feeling the weight in your hips and the weight in your legs and the weight in your feet to really help you connect more with the earth. But feeling comfortable with yourself is an important part, right, about how you feel. Yeah, so feeling comfortable with yourself absolutely positively because if you don't feel comfortable in your own skin, uh, then nobody else is going to feel comfortable around you, like not as comfortable as you want them to. So everything begins with you. You know, I tell all of my students, before you do anything important, set yourself up for success. Tell tell yourself things that you need to hear. Visualize, ground yourself, breathe, come back to your center so that you feel comfortable showing up and being seen. So you have said that the approach to authentic power is to feel that each person in front of you has something right or good about him or her. Can you explain how this works? Mm, yeah. So we do a lot around leadership um, in, in my programs. And, and what I have found is that, number one, when you are looking for the goodness in someone else, it feels really good. It feels really good to point out something that they're doing well or something that they did right, rather than just a thank you. Um, and, and then what happens is you end up looking like a leader because, and feeling like a leader, and they are seeing you as a leader because you're bringing out the best in them. You might, you might see, you know, rather than, I'll give you an example. So rather than saying, oh, thank you so much for the report, you know, I appreciate it, as you're walking by in the hallway, stop for just 10 seconds and just say thank you so much. I appreciate your your uh, commitment to this project. I could never have done this without you. Something like that will land in a whole different way than thanks so much for the report. And when, when we can acknowledge someone really deeply about who they are and what goodness we see in them, that ignites a light within them that will shine brighter. And they're going to just automatically do more things that are beneficial, that are either beneficial for themselves or beneficial for the whole. And then they're going to want to pay that forward. They realize how good it felt to be acknowledged, and they're going to acknowledge somebody else. Can you do this on a large scale setting where you get more reach? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I love having, you know, 20 or 25 people in a training where everybody is doing this for each other. And it's like this snowball effect. And, And before you know it, People are so high about their potential and what they're capable of that they create new ideas. They create a whole new sense of self out of it because it's just infectious. It really is infectious. And, and it, it changes, it, it ends up changing families. You know, when you, you do it in a large setting and, and then people bring this this type of acknowledgement back home. They'll, they'll, you know, use it with their spouses or their children, and, and they end up bringing the best out in each other, and it's really a beautiful thing. So people should lead with their best energy and authentic selves and not with perfection. Exactly, exactly. And what's, what we've been trained into, for whatever reason, is that, we have to lead with perfection. And I really disagree. I believe that we are meant to lead authentically. If we can come from our heart, from this place of win-win, from this place of, like, how can we create something even better, even greater, then that's when the magic happens. 
when we're trying to be perfect every step of the way, that's when we, we our cortisol levels go up. That's when our genius gets shut off. That's when the ideas don't flow. That's when our guards go up. That's where um, it's difficult to, for people to connect with us or us to them. That's where blame happens. That's where the spiraling down happens. And then all the doubts and fears that come along with not being perfect. Because honestly, nobody is perfect. I'm perfect. I'm kidding. <laughs> You're perfect to I'm me. I'm perfect. I'm feeling perfect. <laughs> Time for a quick break, and we'll be right back with Authentic Power. Support for KXSF comes from the East Bay Depot for Creative Reuse, a nonprofit organization dedicated to diverting and redistributing waste materials into low or no-cost supplies for art, education, and social services, while modeling the positive environmental benefits of reuse. You can learn about their Green Educator program and visit their store at 4695 Telegraph Avenue in Oakland. Find out more at creativereuse.org. Thanks for supporting KXSF 102.5 FM. I'm Guillermo Goiri, host of Rockneto on Thursday afternoons. And I'm Alex, host of The Hangover Sessions on Sunday mornings. And together, we, we are, are the, the KXSF, KXSF Webmasters. Webmasters. At www.kxsf.fm. You can live stream San Francisco Community Radio 24-7, which means that you can not only listen to the incredible programming you hear on 102.5 FM every day in SF, you can also enjoy other awesome KXSF shows only available online. On the KXSF website, you can also listen to podcasts of your favorite shows, scroll through the show schedules, read music and concert reviews, and discover new music through our Song of the Day and Album of the Month features. And while you're perusing through all of this incredible content on our site, you can also contribute to the cause by making a 100% tax-deductible donation to KXSF to help keep us on the air through 2019. Broaden your broadcast experience. Visit our website at www.kxsf.fm and become part of our community. And don't forget to donate. Thanks, Thanks for, for your, your support. support. 102.5 FM, KXSFLP San Francisco and KXSF.FM. You're tuned into Spark. Informing minds, inspiring ideas, igniting innovation. Let the conversation sink into your soul. Back to the discussion about authentic power with Lynn Kirkham. You had mentioned that your clients have taken your best practice in how you create an environment of empowerment, and they have recreated it in their setting. And as a result, there's been a cultural shift. Can you explain this? Yes, absolutely. Many of my clients have taken this back. And let me give you one example. Um, I have I have a client who uh, he owns his own company. And every morning, you know, they had a meeting. They've been having a meeting every morning, you know, before they really start their day since the inception of the company. And the meetings have been dry and they, you know, they're very task oriented and then they go off and they do their thing. Well, he decided to bring this work of acknowledgement into the company. And so now he's calling it a huddle. So they have their morning huddle and everybody's excited now about the morning huddle. Everybody comes in, they're smiling and they're, they're enthusiastic because there's always a part of the huddle where they're acknowledging someone for something that they did or, or just the way that they are, that they're being that, that is important. And, you know, the very first day that he did this, he acknowledged one of his accounting people for um, going above and beyond the call of duty. And it was just something that she normally did. But he, he mentioned how important that was to him and to the company and how um, he just really appreciated who she was as a person. And it brought a tear streaming down her face within seconds. 
And and then from there, she wanted to acknowledge someone. And then she acknowledged someone. And then he acknowledged somebody else. And so the acknowledgments go around the circle. And what's really exciting is that every morning they do this. And they're looking for what is it that they can acknowledge about the other person to bring out even more of their best. And so then they do that. And then now the acknowledgement part, they, they literally have to put a, a timer on because they don't want to stop. What happens is, is everybody is just going above and beyond and really enjoying being together and really collaborating and partnering on, on different challenges. And, and they're having great breakthroughs and they're having a lot of fun doing it. So it's a really wonderful way to change a company culture. So it's important to create a setting where you are not only acknowledging people's strength, but also there. Do you feel a sense of kindness around you? Kindness, uh, appreciation, yeah, and you know, like naming it, like naming how warm they were when you had somebody come into your office, or welcoming. You know, thank you for being so warm and welcoming. Thank you for being so generous and offering your chair. Thank you for your commitment or dedication um, to the project. I could never have finished it without you. Um, thank you for your sacrifice, because I know you sacrificed a lot to, to help me. And it means the world to me. And you are such an important person here, important to me and important to the team. Like saying things like that about who they are as human beings goes a long way. So going back to unveiling internal barriers that get in the way, can you tell us how you help to reveal and release them in with the people that you work with? Yeah, it's so interesting. You know, I've been working with people for, oh gosh, I don't know, 30 years or so. Um, to attempting to get at the root cause of why we sabotage ourselves. Why is it that we have fears? Why is it that we, we stop ourselves? Why can't we speak publicly? I have been working on that for so long, and it seems like every modality I've ever seen kind of peels away the layers of the onion, but nothing ever got to the root core of it and pulled it out. And after, after working with people for so long, I came up with something that I trademarked, and it's called the core repatterning technique. And core repatterning literally goes to the root cause of, your, of why you get triggered and are unable to speak, or, or you feel like you're going to get sick, or you shake, or, um, you know, when you need to talk to your spouse, you just can't do it. Or you don't feel safe being seen. And so what we literally do is we identify the top 20 or so life events that were painful. And, and we, we, we identify what they are. We rate them on a scale of zero, which is neutral, to negative 10, which is a really high charge. And then um, we release them. It's literally a targeted identification and release of the pain around the memory. So what happens after usually about 10 minutes or so, 10 or 15 minutes, is something that, that started out as a negative 10, which is a super high charge, um, it goes to a zero. And even when you really, really, really try to feel it, you can't feel it. And, you know, people come back to me oh, seven, eight, nine, ten months later, and we're working on something else, and I'll ask them about this traumatic memory. And they just shrug their shoulders. They look at me. They have a big old smile on their face, and they say, it's a zero. It's still a zero. So it feels like the core repatterning technique actually gets to the root cause of what shuts people down, what makes them behave in ways that they don't like, and and pulls it out of its core. It's pretty amazing. So it sounds very different from the traditional coaching where they identify where your weaknesses are or where you have gaps and you need to strengthen those weaknesses. 
So it sounds it's like you're. Very different. Yeah. So it sounds like you're saying, okay, let's see what way back where you were traumatized by an event. Let's go back and call those up and see whether we can remove those triggers. Yeah, exactly. What what happens is when they get triggered, when they get triggered, they have they put their guard up and there is this energetic mm, sensation, this feeling, right? You, just like, you know, you know, Kelly, when you're with somebody and they've got their guard up and you can tell that there's something just not quite right, it feels uncomfortable. So it's like that. You, you know, those people around them, they feel uncomfortable and then they react. They react to that discomfort. And once you can eliminate the trauma around it, then there is this blank slate so that when you're in a situation that would typically get you triggered, you're not triggered. Your guard is down, your heart is open, and then everybody treats you with respect. It's a really beautiful thing. And then you're able to speak what you say, what you need to say. So you're bursting my bubble. You mean I can't fake it through? (laughs) It's hard to really fake it through. It really is. If you want to make the impact that you're supposed to make on the planet i believe that that you've got to be really genuine really true really confident in an authentic way then you're going to reach more people when you've got barriers and you're trying to fake it then um you won't reach as many people so once the barriers are revealed and released what happens next what happens next is well, everyone feels a lot lighter, and they feel a lot more whole. Everyone who comes to me, they're just like, oh, my gosh, I feel so much lighter. They feel lighter and lighter and lighter and more whole. They feel more whole. They are able then to feel like they can be themselves, where before they felt like they had to fake it or be an imposter or be somebody else or or that they just weren't good enough until they got that next certification or that next training or that next something. It's a beautiful thing when they let these things go. Could more berries pop up over time? You know, yeah, yeah, more barriers can, um, you know, because we're always creating, right? But I don't believe that the barriers will be as significant. If if you can let go of the core barriers, then the things that, that happen afterwards are going to be very minor in comparison, very minor. What are the next steps for our audience who are ready to step into their power? The first step is to identify what your barriers are and, and how do you... What I mean by that is what are the traumatic events of your past? What are those memories that you still have that when you think of them, they still hurt you? You're either embarrassed, you're hurt, you're angry, you're um, not good enough, ashamed. If they bring up those types of feelings, then those are the ones where you you want to let them go. So you first need to identify them. Um, another way that, that you could try if you don't know what they are is you can journal. And you can just, you know, you could just journal and, and write, literally write down what are the events in my life that I need to release to become my best self? What are the events in my life that I need to release to become my best self? Actually write those words down on a piece of paper or in your journal and then Ask, you know, just accept, expect that the words are going to come through, that the events will come through, and see how many you can come up with. And then, and then it's important to release them. You know, you're what in the core repatterning process, we literally find out where where do you store it in your body? Where is it in your body? Um, is it in your heart? Is it in your gut? Is it in your throat? Is it in your head? Where is it? It's it's not just in your brain, um, but you focus on it and you give it voice. It, you focus on it and you basically go into the pain body. 
you go into that pain rather than resisting the pain, rather than not, you know, forgetting about the pain, rather than compartmentalizing the pain, you actually go into it. You give it voice, like say what needs to be said, and it dissolves. Can you share a transformation story of a client who applied the above steps and what happened? Yeah, yeah. so I had somebody come in and, um, oh gosh, he he needed two things. He 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 wanted two things. One is he wanted to feel really comfortable in front of a video camera. He wanted he owns a staffing agency and he wanted to be able to send emails out to potential clients via video. He wanted to have personalized videos for each of these emails. The problem was is that he he was really robotic. It had to be super scripted, and he just he wasn't able to send any of them out because they just didn't feel authentic to him. He didn't shine through at all because when he when he shot them, his guard was up, and he was really wanting to be perfect. The other thing that he wanted was he wanted to be able to call CEOs, see if he was the right staffing firm for this company. Time that. He wanted to call a CEO. He, he reached for the phone to dial it, and the hair on the back of his neck stood up. And he just, it was so overwhelming that he, he put the phone down. And what was fascinating is that he came in for his intake, and we came up with 20 or 25 life events that, that had hurt him. And, and on his second session, he said, you know what, Lynn, I really, really, really want to get over the calling the CEO thing. He said, I really want to get over it. And I said, okay, fine. So let me find an event that I think correlates. And so I took him back to an event where, when he was six years old, and he went to visit his cousin and aunt and uncle. He got there. The uncle was really gruff. He was very gruff. He would sit in a chair and he would grunt. This was a high-powered executive, this man. And he knew that he needed to respect him. As a little boy, he knew he needed to respect him. And he was scared to death. He was scared to death that he was going to get yelled at by this scary monster who was his uncle and an authority figure and uh, a super powerful business guy. And so we went into that and and went to, to release it. And I asked him, where is it that you feel it in your body? And he's like, oh, my gosh. He says, Lynn, the hair on the back of my neck is standing up straight. And we gave it voice. Within 10 minutes, it was gone. And then after that, he had an aha moment. And the aha moment was, now I can call CEOs. It was my uncle. Being there with my uncle when I was six years old has prevented me from calling CEOs for years. So within almost no time, it, it took him about, he went from not being able to call a CEO to calling many CEOs, not being able to shoot videos to shooting lots of videos. That is a powerful transformation. I want to thank you for joining me on Spark today. It's been my absolute pleasure, Kelly. Thank you for having me.